every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. And it almost feels wrong to be driving away from a game that's been postponed due to a waterlogged pitch uh, in, in bright sunshine. But that's exactly what we've done leaving Shropshire this afternoon. We arrived at the Montgomery Waters Meadow uh, around about quarter past 12 or so. All appeared fine, no problems at all. A few ground staff out on the field with their pitchforks, but there didn't seem any undue concern. And then very quickly it became apparent that there was a heck of a lot of standing water on the Montgomery Waters Meadow playing surface. Down one side there was lots of standing water that you could see. One of the goal mounts wasn't great either. Match officials arrived, pitch inspection forthcoming, and uh, it transpired that at 12.45 the game had indeed been postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. So uh, a bit of a wasted round-robin trip uh, between Lancashire and Shropshire, but that's the way it goes, I suppose, sometimes. Hello from Dave Salmon. Uh, Thank you for your ears and your downloads, as ever. Uh, Joined by... Car buddy Matt Smith, or is it car share buddy Matt Smith from the uh, Shrimps Media team? And Matt, a uh, frustrating afternoon to say the least. Yeah, it's never nice uh, having a game called off, especially when you've travelled quite far to, to get to the game. Um, gutted, obviously, for all the Morecambe fans as well. It doesn't help that obviously it was quite a late call, um, but one that couldn't be avoided. You know, like you say, we got to the we got to the ground, and when we first walked in, we were actually complimenting the pitch, thinking it, it looked great. And then, like I say, once you got closer down the, the near side towards the the tunnel area, the dugouts did certainly look as though it uh, it could be a bit of an issue. And then before we know it, really, it was uh, it was the call that we, we received from the referee saying the game was off. So. You know, it was, as soon as we pretty much got there, it was uh, it was downhill from there. So massively disappointing for for everyone involved, and uh, it, it means another trip back down to Shropshire whenever the rearranged fixture will be. A lot of fans listening to this are going to be disappointed that they've travelled to the game and there wasn't more communication, but. We travelled down and the snow that we had to drive through was absolutely horrendous for, for most of the journey, really. And when we arrived in Shropshire, it was dry, it was cloudy, it was raining a little bit, but it, it wasn't too bad. But uh, I don't think this weather was forecast and certainly the volume of, of wet stuff that came down in the hours before the game was postponed, I, I don't think, uh, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, but uh, disappointed for those that have travelled. But for those that think that perhaps there could have been better communication, Matt, we, we simply, one, didn't know, and two, it all came along very suddenly. Yeah, exactly that. You know, we, we put out what we did when we could as soon as we got told what was happening. Totally understand the frustrations. It's a long way for fans to travel. You know, the support we've had all season's been incredible. Uh, a lot of Shrimps fans due to, to come down to Shrewsbury today. So completely understand their frustration but like you say from a, a comms point of view it was just a case of wait to see what the referee says and as soon as it was either going ahead or postponement then we got to work on obviously putting the uh, the release out on social media confirming the news so yeah not ideal for anyone really um, and again like we say it's, uh, it means coming back down to, to Shrewsbury whenever the rearranged fixture will be um, and there's nothing more we can do now apart from looking forward to a big game at Rotherham on Tuesday 
We'll talk more about that in a tick, Matt. So if we may, I've got another guest sitting in the car behind me as well, and I'm going to bring in, in in just a few moments as well. But I can say personally, and you can as well, Matt, we were both at pitch level, weren't we, at the stadium? If you see some of the images and some of the video footage, certainly what, what I took on my social media, the picture looks great, looks lovely and green, looks like there's no problems at all. But uh, you took a couple of steps on it and it was water over your tops of your shoes, ankle deep in places. So looks can be deceiving. So if you do see images of the Shrewsbury Town pitch, you might think, well, not, not much wrong with that. And certainly the, the rain did stop and the sun came out as well, but it was absolutely saturated, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like you say, looks can be deceiving, you know. Ultimately, it boils down to, to the safety of the players. And from what we've seen, all it takes is the ball to hold up um, in, in those conditions, in the water on the pitch, and it could lead to a, a horrible injury. So, as frustrating as it is, I think it was the right call. Uh, a credit to the staff at Shrewsbury, they were absolutely fantastic with us. Um, they completely understood it was a long way for us and, and the fans to travel and completely understand the disappointment and frustrations that, like we say, as soon as you do get there, it's pretty much a case of pack up and, and go back home again. So, yeah, not, not ideal for anyone, but do think like you say Dave we were right there we were seeing it we were stepping on it and we could see just how bad that near side was so yeah it was it, certainly the, the, the right call not not an easy call to make and, and not a nice one to to stomach I suppose but but the right call I'd say yeah totally agree with that Matt uh, as frustrating as it is for the people who have traveled it, it wasn't going to be a game of football and, and, and the postponement unfortunately uh, was the right decision as, as late as it was. So we move on to uh, Rotherham on uh, Tuesday. Uh, they are top of the table. They are, well, it could be as many as 15 points clear of third place uh, come the time that we come to play them on Tuesday. They are destined to be a championship club next season. We know what they're all about. And uh, as away te- uh, games go, it doesn't get a much tougher test. No, massive game uh, for, for both sides for different reasons. Um, we know what Rotherham are about. Like you say, they're having a great season up to now. Uh, and if we look at the, the, the reverse fixture, it's one of those where just a, a narrow 1-0 victory for uh, for Rotherham. So we'll be hoping we can, we can get our revenge. Again, it just boils down to the confidence that we've got from our recent performances. If we can play in a, in a similar manner, um, then, then there's no reason why we can't take anything away from Rotherham, despite obviously their, their league table position and, and their, uh, the, the season they're having so far. So, tough game, absolutely, but uh, we've already proven this season that we can turn up at these big teams and do a bit of a job, so I'm sure we'll, that'll be in the back of the minds of the players come Tuesday night. Last time we played a top of the table side, which was Wickham Wanderers, we, we turned them over, so there's no reason why we can't do the same. Yeah, absolutely, like we say, it just boils down to that confidence and, and the players need to know that um, in recent weeks they have been doing well, they have been unlucky with a few results that on another day could well have taken all three points but it's just about sticking to the things that they're good at, um, sticking to the basics and just showing what they have to everybody in recent weeks and like I say if, if we can do that then bottom line is we'll, we'll, we'll give Rotherham a game and, and they'll know about it and, and who knows, you know the cliche goes anyone can beat anyone in this division so it would be it wouldn't be a bad three points to come away with fingers crossed Matt thanks very much for that we'll speak to you on uh, on Tuesday hopefully we can harness the how well we've been playing over the last few weeks and uh, keep that momentum wouldn't it be a great to get a shock against top of the table Rotherham United full coverage of course as everyone trims live on Beyond Radio from 730 
on FM and DB Plus from Tuesday night. Matt, thank you very much. Also, I've been trying to get him on the pod for months and he's always either too busy or he's got to shoot off straight after the game or he's busy taking pictures. You know how it goes. Uh, Jack Taylor is the official Morecambe Football Club uh, club photographer and, uh, well, he, he's been begging me to, to come down in the Shrimps Live at Bealtham and away game for ages and finally I've let him into the car uh, this afternoon. But... Uh, Jack, I want to talk to you about, um, well, the life of a, of a club photographer, really. Firstly, lots of people will follow you on social media. All Morecambe fans will have seen your images on the club's social channels and, and the website and stuff as well. Give us a bit of background, Jack, if you may, about how you came, firstly, how you came out being a photographer, and secondly, how you came to be Morecambe Football Club's official photographer. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, to those who don't know me, I'm Jack. I'm the Morecambe photographer. You've probably seen me wandering around pitchside at home and away games, usually as of recent looking very cold and very wet. <laughs> you see a man under about five coats and a snood and three beanies. That's me. Um, so, I mean, I've been a photographer for quite a while now, probably about 10 years or so, uh, doing all sorts, all sorts of photography. Um, I went to school in Lancaster finished school probably about five years ago and went off to university up in Glasgow to art school to study photography. Uh, finished that in the summer of last year and I've been a Morecambe fan for probably about 15 years. Um, been home, home and away all sorts, absolutely love the shrimps and I saw in the summer Matt Rushton who was the old video and photographer, did a lot of content creation, uh, left the club to move on to uh, new things and there was an opening at the club so I got in touch with Ben Sadler and basically just offered my services in the sort of content creation realm during that period before um, the post was sort of filled ultimately by uh, Ryan and he said yeah come down to a few training sessions that's uh, so why I met Matt took a few photos and then when Ryan got the post he rang me and said are you interested in coming down to Ipswich uh, first game of the season take a few photos there and see where we can go from there so covered it switch on the Saturday and then we had Blackburn away on the Tuesday I think it was. Uh, I had two of my best two of my favourite games I think, just our first game against Ipswich in front of over twenty thousand people. Mm. It was unbelievable. I mean I remember some games at the Globe Arena as it was. Tuesday night matches where we were 800, 900 people there. To go with that first game of the season and be able to photograph that when Cole scored that first goal, ran straight towards me. It was an absolute field day from a photographer's point of view. I was having the time of my life. Send them off to Ryan, he liked them, and yeah, now it's become a full-time position really as the uh, photographer for the club. There's a few pictures, iconic images, Jack, as you say. The, the Cole Stockton on, on, day, on uh, the opening day of the season, he's doing the knee slide, Joan Ryan's running towards him, behind him. There's the Adam Phillips one at Blackburn when he's got his fingers to his lips at the crowd. There's, you've taken a few good ones this season. I've taken some great ones, um, much helped by, we've got some players who know how to celebrate in our team. <laughs> we've got Anne O'Connor at Tottenham running towards me, that was a legendary picture. I think my favourite celebration has to be Cole's goal against Fleetwood in the last minute. It caught me a bit off guard, he's, he's done that a few times this season. As a photographer you need to remain <laughs> on your toes and it's not the easiest with a player like Stockton in the team because he shoots from wherever he pleases and sometimes you're not, you're not ready for that. That one against Fleetwood though, he started running right towards me, the top came off, the knee slide came out, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> 
there have been some great pictures not just saying it because you're sitting behind me in the car jack but uh I think it's all part, and, and Matt will agree to this as well, that it's all part of that improved media offer across every single channel this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a case of just bringing the club up to the League One level. I mean, I've been following us since, I mean, over the last 10 years, lots has changed at the club. We were talking earlier about the introduction of social media for the club. I mean, getting a Twitter presence, getting a Facebook presence, that's moved on to sort of live tweeting of the game. And obviously now, I'm glad to have been able to help with implementing live photos during the game, uh, which is especially helpful at away days where people can't make it. And then having the gallery at the end of each game, nice to look back on, it's nice for the players to have, it's nice for the fans to feel like they're a part of that, which we didn't necessarily have, but to have you know, regular photos, um, to see themselves in the background of pictures, and just to relive the moments from the season through photos, which I think is really important as a photographer and as a fan as well, which is why I love doing it for Morecambe, because I know what I would want to see as a fan of the club, which is part of the reason I do what I do. It's why I come to Shrewsbury to have it called off. It's why I travel to Sunderland on a Tuesday night to watch us lose. I mean, it's all part of wanting to improve that general experience for the club, because I want that as well as a fan. So give us a bit of a flavour if you can, Jack, uh, a bit of a behind the scenes feel. What is involved for you on a match day? I mean, for me, the match days differ on home and away games. Home games are a little bit easier in senses and a little bit more difficult in others. At home games, they sometimes have a few more sort of obligations if there's mascots, if there's sponsors, photos I have to do then. Um, I mean, I've sort of become quite in tune with the way that the club operate on a match day. So I know that just before two o'clock, the keepers will come out to train. Um, just after quarter past, um, just after quarter past two, the players will start to come out. Uh, you know, when I see Derms come out, that's when I get into my spot to take the photos of the players coming out of the tunnel. Uh, and then they do the part of the warm up where they run towards the advertising boards. And you sort of learn the system and the routine which they go through. So I mean, for me, it's a case of getting warm up photos and then I'll send a load off to Ryan uh, and Matt on the press deck. They'll get some tweets out. And then during the game, You'll know, I mean, I spend a lot of the time before the game thinking, especially at away grounds. I mean, at the home games, I have my position where I'll sit, but away games, it's a lot of, if I were a player and I scored, which way would I run? Where would I do my knee slide? Because ideally, I want to be in the spot to capture that. Uh, a lot of the time, you've got to see where the dugouts are, see where the away fans are. There's a few decisions like that, which people probably don't think I have to do as a photographer, but that's part of it, because I can't exactly be roaming up and down the pitch. As much as I'd like to, and as much as I believe, I probably will end up on the bench one of the games these seasons. <laughs> Do plan to be going on the score sheet soon. That's part of it. Take the photos, half time, switch ends, try and sneak in a pie if possible. Take photos again, uh, and then just get the gallery out. A lot of the time, the players will want the photos as well, sometimes sooner than uh, physically possible, sometimes while I'm still actually on the pitch, uh, but that's part of the fun. Then, Away games a bit more, a bit easier in a sense because I don't have those same obligations. I sort of show up, I get to go explore. If I've got red zone, I can sort of wander around, see what's uh, see what's happening, and then yeah, just help with the post match when I can with Matt and Ryan stuff. Hold a few lights, hold a few tripods, um, all action, all action. Get in the car, uh, hook up to the Bluetooth, and play a bit of ABBA. Um, that's the standard <laughs> procedure for me. Not so sure about the ABBA bit, Jack, but I kind of get where you're coming from. It always surprises me that about the speed, I suppose technology 
allows you to do that. The speed in which you, you can get from taking the picture, whether it's yourself or whether it's another um, official match photographer, the speed in which you get the images actually to the people that get them published. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the workflow which you develop um, through experience, really. I know at Ipswich and Blackburn at the start of the season, I was a bit slower, a bit clunky with it. But a lot of it is just you develop that workflow, you, you develop the process, you, you learn how to like read when gaps in the game are going to be so you can open up the laptop and send a few pictures off. You sense when there's an injury, that's when you snap into action and you need to like learn when these breaks of play are going to come. There are a lot of times when I'll be on the laptop and out of nowhere we'll start a counter-attack and I'm scrambling to try and get everything ready so I'm, I'm on the move again. Um, but I mean that's part of the fun as well. Uh, and then it's also very weather dependent. I mean, the rain is sometimes my worst enemy. I absolutely love shooting in the rain in some sense because it looks beautiful when you've got, there's a photo from when we played Wickham away at their place. Adam Phillips, uh, when he scored the second goal, ran right towards me doing his usual shush of the, uh, shush of the crowd uh, and the raindrops around it. It's just a beautiful photo from a photographic point of view. But then that means it's more difficult to get the laptop out and to start sending off photos like that because making covers and stuff for that becomes more difficult and you don't want to get damage on the laptop and ruin all the rest of the photos so it's about that balance between getting the photos out as quickly as possible uh, and also making sure that you, you save the photos you've got and don't lose them to the rain which is my worst enemy in some sense but that's why I was a bit disappointed today because I mean two of the things I love as a photographer are staying dry and knee slides and those two things don't necessarily complement each other today the weather was very wet the ground was sodden we arrived and the clouds parted and the blue skies came out and i thought i'm gonna have 90 minutes here we're staying dry we're gonna score three four six goals all of them run towards me knee slide and they'll slide for a long time in weather like that uh, so it's a shame to get it postponed but that's part of being part of the job that's yeah. my sort of day to day really the four pictures that you've taken today jack of puddles are all fantastic they are i'm sure um a fascinating insight jack thanks so much if we can uh, if you want to find out more about your work you're on social media how, how do we do that yes i'm on social media my instagram is probably the best place i post probably four or five photos a week of matches players behind the scenes you can find me there at jacktaylor.photo I'm also on Twitter at JTTphoto uh, so there's a few other things on there I'll tweet around tweet it today when we got to the uh, ground but my Instagram is probably the place where if you want to see most of my work check that out and not just a sports photographer Jack are you the sales pitch you're all uh, available for weddings funerals and birthdays and everything in between I suppose exactly and i can also of course dj at all these parties due to my immaculate music taste so get in touch and we'll see what we can do if you're a massive fan of abadites jack thank you so much uh, sorry we've not got you on the pod previously but uh, everybody every single morgan fan listening to this now will will be very aware of your work and uh, very appreciative of uh, appreciative of, of it too and uh, long may that continue jack thanks very much for coming on thank you very much for having me dave now on to a really tough test for Stephen Robinson's men this coming Tuesday. And it doesn't get much more tricky than going to the top of the table away from home. Rotherham United, the opponents 
for Morecambe this coming Tuesday night. Full match commentary, of course, as ever on Shrimps Live. Uh, myself and Matt Smith on air from 7.30 on Beyond Radio, and I follow too. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to uh, writer, journalist and Rotherham United Miller superfan, Will Daniels. Uh, Will, the ideal person to get the full lowdown on Paul Warren's men ahead of our trip to the New York Stadium this coming Tuesday. So, Will, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. First and foremost, it goes without saying that at this stage of the season, you take a look at the League One table and you see Rotherham United in number one position, several points clear of second, even more points clear of third, which I suppose is is what counts in terms of promotion. It's not really going any better for you, is it, than, than what it has done? Do you know what, Dave? At the start of the season, uh, there was a couple of people that said to me that they felt Rotherham United would win the league. And I said at the time that they were talking absolute poppycock. Um, I thought we'd finish fourth or fifth um, and and sort of build on uh, last season. I think when you when you look at the overall situation, you know, last season we were a team that probably shouldn't have gone down uh, if you look at what happened with COVID and the build-up games that we had there. Um, and the, the fact that we were 15th in the X, XG table, um, but obviously didn't finish our chances, it's probably the reason that we did go down in the end. Um, but we were, we were able to keep together the core of our squad um, and, and bring in players like Ollie Rathbone and, um, and, uh, and those sorts of players, Will Grigg as well, um, who've really helped us to, to keep this, this challenge going. So, um, I think if you'd have asked me at the start of the season, you know, would we be where where we are now? I would have absolutely said no chance, but I can I can definitely see see uh, see why why it's happened. You look at how many points you've accrued, though. Will sixty eight points as we as we speak. By the time people listen to this, it could well be seventy one. We're recording this on Wednesday evening ahead of uh, our games. Uh, respectively at the weekend. So you could have 71 points with still 14 games to go. That That's a heck of a points accumulation. And I suppose when you look at, well, I don't like using the words PPG because that that that's the dark COVID era from a couple of seasons ago, isn't it? And some teams, of course, as well, you know, didn't fall the right side of the line where, where that's concerned. But it, it has to be above expectations. But at, at this point of the season, you've got to be pretty sure that you're going to get promotion. Or is there yeah, still I mean, a long way to go? I mean, we've. I am the most optimistic Rotherham fan that you could possibly find, I think. And, um, you know, I think I'd be very, very disappointed at this stage if we didn't go up. Having said that, uh, I'm also a Rotherham United fan that's seen as, you know, in these situations where we haven't um, gone on to do what we needed to do. We've still got to play MK. We've still got to play Oxford, Wickham, Sunderland, Pompey away. Um, so there's still a lot of points to play for. Um, but I, as I say, would be very, very disappointed if we uh, if we didn't go up and hopefully um, for the first time in 41 years win the league as well. I suppose that is the dream, isn't it? Getting the silverware, but an 11-point cushion to, to third place and as we speak. That's a pretty nice place to be in. So uh, onwards and upwards, I suppose, in terms of ourselves, we're looking at the other end of the table. Fingers crossed by the time we play you and by the time people are listening to this, we will be out of the League One relegation zone. If we go all the way back to our previous encounter, it, it seems an eternity ago, doesn't it? And it was one of those very, very, very windy nights at the Mazuma 
uh, far too windy to play any kind of football on it. You came out with a a, a narrow one nil victory, but um, at the time I didn't think. I, I thought you looked really good, of course, but uh, the game itself there wasn't too much in it. No, I mean we were probably at the point um, where we'd not really hit full full throttle at that point. Um, so uh, on the night, of course, Michael Smith scored an absolute. Uh, ripper snorter of a goal which which won us the game um, and we were starting to see uh, the best out of Ben Wiles and the best out of Chidozi Ogbené who've both been really important to the success that we've had this season but as you say in the end it, it was quite a tight game and I think it's quite interesting to see uh, what's happened uh, with, with both teams team since because um, you know I, I thought that Morecambe were very competitive, competitive on the night um, I've seen quite a lot of Morecambe games uh, over the season, having spoken to to uh, Tom from Shrimps Online um, and obviously personally as well. And I don't think that Morecambe are a relegation threatened side, although, of course, that's what the table dictates at the moment. I think you've got a goal scorer in Cole Stockton. Um, you know, Jacob Beddo seems to have done quite well since he's come in as well. So, um, you know, from, from then, obviously, the the game was was very very tight uh, back at the Mazuma and I guess my biggest regret was I didn't manage to uh, grab one of those world famous pies that you've got uh, knocking around. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm a little bit disappointed your end, but obviously we've we've really kicked on. You say rip snorter, I say wind assisted fluke. But anyway, well you know with controversial which, which side of the argument you're on there, but. Uh, Let's talk about your team then, Will, if we may. I, want, I just want to touch on a few players. And the first one is, is Michael Smith. Similar to Cole Stockton, both in terms of his style of play, his goal scoring return, obviously, this season, and a player for you who has been vitally important this season. Unbelievable. Um, Warney came out in a presser um, a couple of weeks ago and said he might be the best uh, striker that Rotherham United have ever had. Um, and that's a that's a big big statement to have, but it's hard to it's hard to argue to be honest. Um, on his day, I think he's probably one of the best uh, target men in the EFL. Um, he's one of those guys that you know looks like this guy that you can just fire a ball up to, and he's going to fight and win all the headers and bring other players into play. And I think at the start of his Rotherham United career, that's how we used him. This season, however, he's had the confidence um, of having the wide players in Chidozi Ogbené um, and uh, and and Shane Ferguson and Mikel Miller when he's played, Will Grigg uh, as well running those channels um, to really find himself more in the box. And this season, he's he's reporting one point five uh, more shots on goal um, uh, per game, which of course is is one of the reasons that he's having a lot more success this season. So. Um, He's, he's got a big uh, big thing going on with our assistant manager, Richie Barker. Um, he's, a, he's a massive uh, Newcastle United fan. So, um, And Richie Barker's got a, a signed Alan Shearer uh, Newcastle United shirt. So he said if, if uh, Smudge can get to 25 goals, he'll give him that shirt. So fingers crossed Smudge can do that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, hopefully um, he finishes ahead of Head of Cole. I know it's a it's a it's a ding dong battle that we're we're both quite excited by. You would think it's either or for the League One Golden Boots as it stands. Hopefully, both 
stay fit and well, of course. Uh, but that will be an interesting one to see how it goes in the next uh, couple of months, I suppose. Another player I was really excited about, and I think he has kicked on as well as the season's gone by, uh, is uh, Cheo Benny. Looked great out wide for us. And of course, he's now this season starting to build, really build a reputation uh, for, for being a great player at this level. For sure. I mean, if you look at the raw stats of Chio Ogbené, uh, the amount of goals, the amount of assists that he's uh, accrued this season, you probably wouldn't be that excited by him. But if you've seen Chio play at all, um, you know, you'll understand that this is a player that should absolutely not be playing at League One level. Mm-hmm. Um, he is absolutely rapid. Like, mm-hmm. that. There's there's been moments this season where he's gone between two players, taken on another player, um, and then... Uh, obviously created uh, created massive chances for the Smorge and Greg and Ladapo. Um, and he's so fundamental to the way that we play. Um, you know, we're very focused around getting the ball out wide uh, through our midfield three very, very quickly and giving Chio the licence to be able to get forward as that, that wing back. Mm. Um, and he's, he's really reaped the rewards, I think, this season. In terms of how he improves moving forward, um, he needs a little bit more end product. So his crossing's still not quite there. Um, and I know that the coaching team are working really hard um, with helping him to come inside and, and stuff like that as well. Um, and he's he's also being tasked um, to play in that 10 role as now as as well. Now we've got um, Jordi SA too too. So really exciting time for for Chio and his development. And he is a player that can go right to the very top if if he continues the way that he is. So plenty of threats indeed for the shrimps to to worry about as well as playing top of the table. Of course, for the people who weren't at the Mazuma way back early in the season, will and perhaps things may have slightly been tweaked as well by Paul Warren. Tell us everything we need to know about a Rotherham United side. Uh, players, formations and other ones to watch as well. OK, so in terms of Rotherham United, we're a side that moved to 3-5-2 um, at the end of uh, December in our championship um, situation. And that's allowed us to fit uh, the evergreen Richard Wood into a back three. Uh, who's really performed very, very well. Um, he'll be partnered by uh, Michael Heckway, hopefully, as long as he comes through the uh, the the uh, Wigan clash at the weekend. Uh, and Wes Harding, who's played this season anything from left wing back, centre back um, on on either side, right wing back. Um, the guy is just versatility personified. Um, you've then got uh, a, a midfield three that I think is the best midfield three in the league. Uh, Dan Barlasa is quintessentially a uh, a quarterback um, who uh, is great on the ball, great vision, loves to, to spray these lovely passes out wide. And that's why we call him the Geordie Pirlo. Um, and then he's got the legs and, uh, and, and the need to to, to win the ball really high from Ben Wiles um, and Ollie Rathbone, who's been uh, an absolute revelation since coming in um, from Rochdale. Um, we've then got uh, probably Shane Ferguson on, on the left, who's uh, done really well since coming in from uh, from uh, Millwall um, in the summer. And then, of course, Chio, who we've, we've already spoken about. Uh, and then the two up top... Um, He's still very much up for grabs at the moment. Michael Smith, of course, is now probably the first name on the team sheet. Uh, but you've got, um, at the moment, a, a real battle between uh, Freddie Ladapo, who mysteriously put in a, a transfer request at the, uh, the start of January, 
um, and had um, a little bit of time out of the, the team whilst that was being processed. And in that time, we've seen one of our own, Josh Coyote, come into the side and, and really have an impact, certainly off the ball, uh, and bagged his first league goal at Wimbledon as well. Um, and we've just signed uh, an Irish starlet called uh, Georgie Kelly as well, who's very similar to uh, the Michael Smith mould. So really exciting times to be a Miller at the moment. And in, in terms of you know how we'll play and how we set up, um, the one thing that Warney absolutely asks for is those players work extremely hard um, certainly off the ball you'll notice that um, and that is the prerequisite of everything that we do on the ball um, and you know as a club where we're very focused around great human beings and making sure that um, you know the dressing room is 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 a great place to be mm. um, and I think that helps us to, to get the best out of each other um, so hopefully that answers your question. Another team, Will, yet another. Uh, it seems the majority of clubs in League One play with a back three. We are one of only a handful of teams in the division who play uh, with, a, with, with a back four. Uh, it, it's 4-3-3, as, as I'm, I'm sure you'll be aware. We will almost certainly be 4-3-3. Uh, again, it's, it's the style that suits us best. We have played three at the back on occasion this season and with mixed results. Sometimes it's been fantastic, other times it's not been so great, but uh, definitely four three three again against you because I think that's the formation that's going to give us the best chance of, of getting a, a positive result. I think we go into the game without any fear. We know what we can do against the the more fancied sides in League One. We beat Wickham just a couple of weeks ago, of course, and we're full value for that win. We've beaten Sheffield Wednesday this season. Uh, we should have probably done the double over. We can actually tune up at their place and then fell to bits in the last. 20 minutes so we, we've shown that we can perform but we are going to be at, have to be at our best I suppose to, to, to stand a chance of doing that I think I mean looking at the you mentioned the back four there um, the way that you've got uh, that made up um, could really work for you um, a lot of teams find that if you can play through the press uh, against Rotherham you know if you can play uh, Cooney if he plays um, and, yeah, anyway. and Greg Lee of course um, who we've tried to sign previously ourselves, uh, try and get them in behind the win-backs. You could have a little bit of uh, joy there. Um, and naturally, when you play three in midfield, um, this is going to be... Uh, it's going to be a game of the, the midfield threes, in it? And whoever comes out on top is mm. is probably going to be the, uh, the team that, that takes three points in the end. A, lot, a, a number of clubs will... Um, uh, in recent weeks, I've said the same thing to me, both in terms of um, guests on the show and visiting members of the media. They all say the same thing to us. And that is, at the end of the game, we've either lost or, 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 we've, or we've drew. We've, I think we've only won once in the last eight as, as, as we speak to you. And that's our key. We need to turn some of those draws into wins. But the recurring theme is, and, and this is what's so frustrating to us, is you, you look good. You, you played really well there. You matched us on the field. You, you, you don't you, you don't look a relegation threatened team at all, do you? And then you see the the final score and, and and our league position, and it tells a different tale from our point of view. And I suppose this is where you have been so good this season. You have been ruthless to get those wins. I think what you've got twenty one wins already in the league this mm -hmm. season. That's a phenomenal amount of victories already. And we haven't had that cutting edge, that ruthless streak. We've drawn games we should have won. We've lost games we should have held on for a point. And, and that's what's cost us. It's all well and good being great in general, playing, getting the plaudits and making friends. But 
it doesn't always translate to points, I suppose. Is, I mean, is that down to the attacking threat that you have and, and not taking chances, Dave, or is that down to your defensive solidity? Um, just out of curiosity. It's a bit of both, really. I mean, obviously, w- w- our goals against Column doesn't lie, it, it, and it, it would be it would be remiss to, to, to say anything other than that. We have tightened up significantly in the January transfer window. We've got a great goalkeeper now, Trevor Carson, on loan from, from mm-hmm. Dundee United rock solid Jacob Badeau as you alluded to there and that's meant Anthony O'Connor our captain is finally playing with the confidence that we know he can play with because he's got confidence in his partner uh two good fullbacks so we have tightened up significantly at the back I'm not keeping many clean sheets but we're looking pretty good um and it's going forward it's taking those chances and it's his being ruthless Gillingham last Saturday was an example we had two clear yeah. chances to win the game one, we fluffed our lines. Two, the keeper pulls off an absolute save of his life mm-hmm. and we should have won. And it's those fine margins that haven't quite quite gone for us. And, and that's why since the turn of the year, we've been playing well, but the results on paper don't match how well we've played. And that's why I think we come to you next Tuesday with um, with moderate, renewed optimism, I suppose I would call it, that, uh, we, can, that we, we can cause you some problems, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, certainly for, from your perspective, this is almost a free hit, right? No one's expecting uh, Morecambe to come to Rotherham uh, and take three points with with all due respect. Um, so I think football is so focused around fear. The shackles are almost off, aren't they? And, you know, if you can go out and play without fear, um, you certainly have the players in in our younger, in in Stockton, in in uh, Arthur Nahua. Mm. Um, I know... Uh, What's his name? Uh, McCoughlin had a really good game on uh, on on um, on Saturday. So listen, when we're not taking the game, uh, you know, at any any lesser than 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 any other team. It's all about going out and performing on the night, isn't it? And you know, hopefully we can do that and take three points. I know you guys need it just as much as we do. So yeah, should be a really good game. And I suppose the other thing that, that has been said to us repeatedly, and this is true, of course it is, is if you've got a goal scorer and no other team in the bottom seven or eight, nine clubs has, has got this, if you've got somebody who's putting the ball in the net on a regular basis, you've always got a chance of getting something from any game. And I think that is true as well. So you're going to have to keep our top scorer quiet on the night. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's done really well this season, hasn't he? And, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs um, in in the summer that are after taking coal from uh, from the Grasper and Morecambe. But he's got a lot to give. Uh, there's a lot that I really like. I like his nouts in the box. Um, I like the fact that he he loves to just take a, a shot from anywhere. Um, and I know you've had some some amazing moments. You know, 96 minutes from the halfway line, for example. Um, hopefully, that doesn't happen next Tuesday. That'll be pretty. Uh, pretty awful for us um but but yeah i mean he's got so much to give and on the night we he will be a big big focus for us um to, to try and nullify your threat i mean we are playing uh, the one issue that we have is we have in our remaining games we have a lot of the top clubs still to play we've played all the teams at the bottom shrewsbury being the last one on on this saturday coming up we've then got yourselves we've got to play Ro- uh, wigan again mk dons again sunderland again plymouth ipswich Oxford, Bolton, Portsmouth, Charlton, they are all massive games. So we need to put out of our heads that that 
you're top of the league and, and you're romping to promotion, which is exactly what you're doing. Let's make no mistake about that. That's what you're doing. And uh, we need to try and obviously play the game as equals and, and hopefully we can compete. For sure. I mean, listen, as I say, it's, it's a, on the night, it's 90 minutes. It doesn't really matter uh, where where each of us are in the table. I'm sure you guys will battle um, to the very, very end because, you know, when you're down there, you need everything that you can possibly get. And we know that, um, you know, anything can happen in this league. I think it's probably the most competitive league one that uh, we've ever seen yeah. in its history. So um, I don't take this lightly at all. I know the threats that, that Morecambe have. Um, if you can move the ball nice and quickly uh, in transition, um, you've got the pace of Iunga, you've got the pace um, of of uh, of uh, Nahua, um, and obviously the link-up play of, uh, of Stockton. Um, create chances for those guys, and you know it could be it could be a difficult night for us. So finally, uh, Will, before I let you go, I've, I've kept you talking for far too long, but uh, that, that's how these things go sometimes, I suppose. Let's look at the top and the bottom of the League One table let's get a few predictions from you if, if we may start at the bottom from what you've seen of Morecambe you've seen us a few times this season you've obviously seen every other club in league one play play the Millers who are the bottom four come the end of April Ooh, this is tough um so for me I think crew have a lot of issues at the moment um Dave Artel, of course, is an ex-Miller himself, um, but seems like he's had the, the rug pulled un, under him a little bit. So I think they're probably going to be looking at League Two football next season. Similarly with uh, with Gillingham as well, I think they've probably lost their best players. Uh, and although they've got uh, a really good manager in uh, Neil Harris in the door, uh, I'm not sure that they now have the quality to, to stay in the league. Um and then from there, um, you're sort of looking at Shrewsbury as the team that, that Morecambe can can try and leapfrog um, out of the uh, out of the relegation zone. As I say, I say this to Tom on on a on a, a daily, if not weekly basis. I think you've got more than enough to stay up, uh, but as you say, you know, while you're putting in performances and not getting results, it becomes a lot lot harder, doesn't it? So I think Shrewsbury will will also go down, and there was an. Uh, another one as well. Uh, Doncaster, down there. Fleetwood, Donny, Wimbledon. Donny, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Donny have been utterly dreadful in the games that we've played uh, against them. Played three games and I think we've scored 16 goals this season uh, against them. So, yeah, not great. Uh, and obviously they've added in, in, the, uh, in the winter break, um, in the winter transfer window, sorry, but I don't think they've probably got enough. I think they're probably adrift. So you're going to win the League One title, obviously. Will that goes without saying? It, it's it's it's, it's then a bun. It's for the automatic other spot. It's it's then a bit of a bun fight, isn't it? Wigan, MK Dons, Sunderland, I suppose. Wickham, not out of it either. They've slipped a little bit away, but uh, probably Wigan, MK Dons, or Sunderland for that other automatic spot. Wigan in the box seat at the moment, games in hand as well. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be a closer and thing. Yeah, for sure. Um... Wigan have a lot of games that they need to play consecutively. And we know from last season with what happened uh, during our COVID situation, how difficult that is, not only physically, but also mentally as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I think they will probably be the side that comes up uh, automatically. And then in terms of the playoffs, like it, it's becoming very, very difficult to read because 
I think Sheffield Wednesday are uh, at the moment one of the better sides yeah, uh, within the league. Mm. Yeah, they were unbelievable uh, against us on on Sunday and probably should have taken something from the game. Um, you've then got you know the likes of Wickham that will be very very difficult uh, to break down uh, over two legs. The the talent of Sunderland, I I, I honestly can't call it. I always love coming to the uh, the New York Stadium. Well, it's always, you always get a warm welcome. You get a parking space right by the door. It's fantastic. Good pies, great friendly hospitality. It, it's a, and a great view of the pitch as well, which from a, a member of the media's point of view is is absolutely essential. So, uh, looking forward to coming down to Yorkshire next Tuesday. Finally, then, Will, before we let you go, uh, let's have a couple of predictions. You've already alluded to the fact that uh, Rotherham are going to get promoted and, 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 and Morecambe are going to stay up. Well, well, hopefully both of those will happen. Uh, on the night, then, what are we going for? What are we saying? Uh, ooh, this is tough. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 2-0 Millers. Sorry. I wouldn't expect anything less, to be honest. And uh, that, that is absolutely fine, as, you, as I say. As we, as we alluded to at the very start top of the table by the time you listen to this you could have 71 points on the board already we're still with 14 games to play that's a phenomenal points tally so uh, you should be confident absolutely and of course we've only won twice away from home this season in the league so that's a, that's a stat that we need to improve on rather quickly you've definitely just just jinxed it that's uh, that's number three in it uh, well, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Sorry I've kept you talking for uh, far longer than what I said I would, but you know how, how these things go sometimes. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, hopefully you're going to have an off night though on Tuesday. Thanks so much, Dave. Uh, not for that comment, but for, for allowing <laughs> me to come on uh, on the pod. Uh, for, for, you know, this is just an amazing place and fingers crossed uh, we can see a Morecambe side in League One next year um, and uh, and thriving. A massive thanks to Miller's superfan Will Daniels for giving us the full lowdown on all things Rotherham United ahead of our trip to the New York Stadium this coming Tuesday. A really tough test for the Shrimps away at top of the table opposition. Full match commentary on Shrimps Live as ever will be live from 7.30 on FM and DAB Plus on Beyond Radio. And also you can listen and watch, of course, as ever via I follow shrimps as well myself dave salmon joined as ever by matt smith from the shrimps media team we'll look forward to your company then if you're not making the trip to yorkshire on tuesday and thank you so much as ever for listening and downloading this episode of the shrimps verdict podcast we really appreciate your company and we'll speak to you next time every kick every game every goal following morecambe fc in league one full match commentary of morecambe fc on beyond radio this is shrimps live from beyond radio